episode 11 of the BTB Project. Today's guest is a Colorado high school tennis icon. He was a four-year number one singles player at Fairview High School in Boulder, Colorado. And over a dominant high school career, he qualified for the state tournament each of his four seasons and capping off his legacy winning back-to-back state championships. He went on and played college tennis at the University of Colorado, helping lead the Buffaloes to a number 23 in the nation finish in both singles and doubles, which is the highest ranking in school history. In 2008, he came back to coach his beloved high school program and in 2017 won the team's first ever Boys Tennis State Championship. Chad Suda, welcome to the BTB Project. Don't be afraid of the dark. Be careful with stars. Not every light is gonna guide you. Welcome to the BTB Project, designed to empower listeners to identify their why and to live their best lives no matter the circumstances. My name is Coleman Gerhardt, a former athlete and motivational coach. I've had the opportunity to inspire thousands through my story and help accomplish what they are built to be. You'll be encouraged by each and every episode. And let's get into it. Yeah, when I blow up, I'm a so high like Peter Pan. In real life, be living all my dreams. If I'm waking up, it's in a foreign land. Chad Suda, it is a tremendous honor to have you join me today on the B2B project. Welcome, man. Thank you very much for having me. You know, it's amazing as I reflect back being a, a Colorado native and Everything I've done as a tennis player, I, I think of a very short list of people that have imp- impacted my life. And to know what you've done for me is life-changing, man. I know we got to chat about that a little bit before we hopped on, but I'm just really excited to, to share your story and you know, kind of some of the, the similar paths that, that we as, as Colorado tennis guys have you know, got to go down and it makes me actually go back to a moment, right? And this, this kind of came up as, as I was looking at one of the photos of you. And it happened to be a photo of you coaching through the fence, right? And I don't know if you knew this, but I, I graduated high school the same year as you. I graduated in 2002 from Ponderosa High School in Parker. I started playing tennis when I was 14 years old. So, you know, as I was going through my, my freshman, sophomore year, I always love going down to state and watching the guys, you know, fight it out for the 5A state championships. And this photo that I was looking at you coaching through the fence, your composure, right? Like you have been a guy that has always had this tremendous composure. And I remember it very distinctively, you know, your junior and senior seasons when I got to watch you win a couple state championships. And I just would love for you to to start by by telling me, you know, how in the world did you gain that composure at such a young age in high school? And, you know, how do you think composure has helped you being a tennis coach today? I think it's helped me tremendously in the in the coaching world, you know, trying to maintain what I would like my students, athletes, when the pressure's on. And I think that 
was not always how I felt when I was, you know, can honestly say during those state championships. But I knew that that's what I trained for. And I think that composure for me was just knowing that that's, that's how I practiced. So I wasn't going to try to change anything at that moment. But I can say, I, you know, I, I definitely felt the pressure. But that's what I wanted to make sure during my, uh, my high school coaching, which just makes high school tennis so much fun to coach, but wanted them to feel the composure that, that I wanted them to have through me as well. Yeah, and I mean, I just remember sitting there and, you know, this was at a time where, you know, I never qualified for state. I, I played number one singles at Ponderosa for, for two years and I, I kept getting beat out in regionals. I actually, I never won a regional match. Um, the guy that beat me uh, both years ended up being my college teammate and Peter Weirick. And, oh, uh, you know, it, it was just always one of those moments, right, where I, I'd put in so much work to try to, to get to a level, right, and then not achieving that, but being in the environment, being in that state environment, I started kind of picking up the nuances of the players that were just better than me at that moment, right? And I tried to tap into some of those attributes within my own game to see how I could, you know, kind of kind of hack the system. And, you know, starting tennis raw at 14 years old, I had to figure out a way to get better sooner rather than later. And ironically enough, even though I grew up in Parker, I, I came across, you know, a coach that – ended up having a pretty good presence there in Boulder and coach Kendall. And I found myself uh, my junior and senior year driving up to Boulder at five 30 in the morning to hit at uh, the millennium harvest house inside the bubble. And yeah. I believe you spent some time there training in your career. So can you maybe walk me through, obviously we're going to dive in deep to those two state championships, but you're training and, you know, this is not a year-round tennis community. So how much time did you spend at Millennium Harvest House and maybe walk me through your, your training to, to be the high school player you were? You know, you're exactly right. The, the odd hours, I guess I should say, of training <laughs> in a state that, you know, has very few indoor facilities. Uh, I can remember the 5.30, 5.30 hits, and I, I think I remember more of the 9 p.m., 10 p.m., court time uh, where eventually it was either at the beginning of the day or at the end of the day, just you in there sometimes by yourself and kind of continuing on to college as well of at CU, we used the millennium as well. So I was already pretty used to the odd court times that we got in college as well, which I think benefited me of the being kind of some home court advantage, but definitely you're right. The, the odd hours, is kind of what it what it takes to get the court time that you need. Right. And I'm always amazed by, and I know you can relate to this as a coach, and I want to get your feedback. As I, as I often tell students, it's what you do when no one's watching is when you get really good. Can you maybe talk about a time where you were by yourself and, I don't know, maybe it was you working on your serve or – you know, I, I go back to that composure piece. It just didn't come out of thin air, Chad. I know that you're a pretty humble guy, and I, I, I know it's hard sometimes to talk about some of the accolades that you have, but I just want to know what, what were maybe some moments that 
people don't know about your training that you were doing to uh, get to those euphoric moments in high school? You're, you're exactly right. Of I, I can still remember my coach telling me, like, you hit your, your bucket today. And, you know, kind of throughout every day, um, sending me a message of, oh, did you hit your bucket of serves? And a lot of times I didn't at the time hit my bucket, that it was then going in that later night by yourself, hitting your targets, first, second serves, making sure that, you know, you're confident in, in the placement. I, of course, didn't have the biggest serve of all time, so my, my placement was more of my weapon than, than the power. Without putting in the extra hours, I, I don't know if, if that would have been an effective uh, serve otherwise. So, so the messages that my coach sent me were, were the best thing for me, but it also had to be at hours that maybe most people wouldn't want to go go to the courts. Yeah, and that you know those ep- extra reps, especially since we're we're not a year-round tennis community, you gotta you gotta be creative. So I appreciate you walking us through that. And here's another similarity between you and I: is uh, my my dad was a college tennis player. He didn't play for a very long time. Uh, he was at Colorado State when they used to have a men's program. And he played there for a year, and the second year they got a new coach, and part of being on the team is he had to run a mile. And the moment the coach told him to run a mile, my dad no longer played college tennis. <laughs> so I know your dad is a huge impact on your life, not just what you've done in tennis, but in athletics in general and, and being a motivator and a support. Can you tell me about the relationship with, with your dad and what he's meant to you both as a player and as a coach you are today? Yeah, he's had by far one of the, the biggest impacts that I think I I took for granted growing up of him kind of being my basketball coach, soccer coach, baseball coach, of him, you know, getting me involved in sports that probably weren't going to be my end all, uh, but knowing that being an all-around athlete kind of the physically and mentally uh you know confidence from the other sports that would could play into an individual sport um you know he had an kind of a plan for me with that of knowing i needed to be kind of an all-around well-rounded i guess type of type of athlete that you know i'm just thankful for that i can see differences from those sports that that truly helped me being out there sometimes by myself and, and maybe the, the most, the biggest thing I'll probably cherish is that my dad coached every high school season with me. Wow. So I think I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's meant the most to, you know, motivate me, motivate the players of, you know, the, the coaches. And as you know, the coaches that just, that care so much, uh, bring so much to the team, team aspect. And I think having that, father-son coaching was one of the best things, you know, for Fairview tennis at the time. That's really cool. You got to coach with your dad. And I also know that uh, your brother, Alan has been a huge influence as well. And if I recall, he's, he's older than you. Is that correct? Yeah, he's a, he's a couple years older, same impact of, I don't think I would be the competitor that I, that I, that I used to be uh, without him. And his friends, you know, kind of always pushing me, looking out for me uh, when I was younger, and just really 
being my motivation too to, to get mm-hmm. better. So there's another crossroads for you and I is I have an older brother as well who's uh, four years older than me. He is actually a high school soccer coach now. He's been coaching for about 17, 18 years. And before the soccer thing kind of took off for him, he played tennis in high school. So my freshman year at Ponderosa, brother was a senior, and I essentially got beat in every sport that I played against him. Whether it was soccer, basketball, baseball, my older brother would just crush me, and he would remind me of that all the time. And uh, somehow, some way, freshman year, I pick up a racket, and I found a way to get a few serves in a box and I had a big forehand and knocked my brother off of the last spot on the varsity team. And my brother ended up quitting. So that was the only sport I could beat my brother in. And that's how I got started. So it's funny because, um, he never really watched me play tennis, uh, up until my junior year in college. He, finally came to one of my matches at the Air Force Academy when I was playing at Northern Colorado. And man, that moment just meant so much to me. Um, And sometimes, you know, that tough older brother love that can sometimes feel like not very much love uh, ends up giving you the perseverance and grit that you just described. So I think that's pretty awesome uh, with your relationship with your brother and your dad. And, you know, going back to uh, you know, your high school career. I, I don't know how many guys that, that I know, Chad, that have played one singles for four years in a row. You know, I want to dig into junior and senior year, but tell me what it was like to play one singles your freshman, sophomore year. Yeah, I think it, it's exactly like kind of what you were just saying about, you know, when you when you played your brother and it was for me playing all of my brother's friends. Uh, he was a senior when I was a freshman and just, I think I was so motivated uh, growing up with them, knowing them, competing a lot throughout that summer before that high school freshman year that I was pretty match ready. But just knowing like my, I think, of course, I wanted to beat them more than, than they wanted to beat me. So uh, <laughs> it, was a, it was a learning experience for sure my freshman year, uh, a humbling experience um, of just playing really, really strong tennis players that at one singles kind of every, every single match. Uh, but it was just the best experience I could have got that year of just playing the, the strongest players that, that I think the ones I looked up to as well growing up. So uh, the chance to play them as a freshman was, was the best thing for me. And if I if I recall those names that, that pop into my mind or you know guys like a Chad Harris or a Brent D'Amico, I mean Richard Tift, I came across him a few times up in Steamboat. Uh, yep. If you don't mind, could you share those state tournament matches your freshman sophomore year? Who were guys that ended up finding a, finding a way to beat you in those two tournaments? Oh, the fresh my freshman year, I lost to Jimmy Flanagan. Yes, yes, he. Uh, He's great because he reminds me every year I see him uh, when I was. <laughs> it's always uh, it's always fun catching up with with Jimmy. Sophomore year, I lost to uh, Brent D'Amico yep. in the semis, and then I lost to uh, Wee Kim mm. for third and uh, third and fourth that year. I believe Chad Harris won all three years before me. 
kind of the guy, Chad Harris, Corey Ross, all those guys that I looked up to. Bart Scott, I think Bart Scott and Weed Cam were all up there as well. Right, and that historically with Colorado tennis, you know, going into your junior year, and I remember, you know, as I mentioned, not being able to go to state and, and seeing the, the state draws both junior and senior year for you. I believe those those 16 players in the one singles draw, I think at least 14 or 15 of them had D1 or D2 scholarships. It just is a is a time that I can't recall high school tennis being that competitive in Colorado other than the time that you're going and, and figuring out a way to to win a state championship. So can you maybe speak to, as you start getting into that junior and senior year, what was the competitive landscape like? And was that intimidating to you? I think at the time with how competitive Colorado tennis was of kind of being at the top of the intermountain states, the, the guys before me kind of led the way of, you know, being one, two, three, you know, in the intermountain the, the guys below me, you know, being all highly ranked in the Intermountain at their ages, that I think just because we all grew up together, we all knew, you know, that just every match is going to be competitive, but we were more used to that, I think, rather than being able to take any matches off. At that time, we were just more ready that, you know, we had to compete at our highest level for a, for state championship than than having, you know, any, any taking any matches off. So I think it was just more already used to it, kind of getting beat up freshman, sophomore year, uh, that I was kind of more ready for the moment. Mm. Uh, and I think I needed that getting beat up before of making sure that, you know, I don't, I don't make any focus mistakes, uh, junior so would you say that that composure moment that I was talking to you about when I when I got to watch you play these matches your junior and senior year do you believe that that composure was built you know based off of taking those beatings and and maintaining enthusiasm and you know kind of almost becoming callous to difficult situations on the court you know mentally physically I mean is that kind of the antidote that led to not just two state championships, Chad, but I don't think you, you lost many matches those two years. I think it definitely played a huge role of, of knowing I, I took my lumps of knowing that my, my job was to play one point at a time, not get ahead of myself, not uh, think about the past. Uh, But I think that, that helped motivate me to learn from my mistakes. Mm. And some of those mistakes were just coming across, you know, a guy that just beat me, beat me that, that day. But it was just knowing that it was kind of my turn to, to feel like I had a little more of the control and to kind of not let that, let that get away from me. Now I know that you love Boulder Right. And it's been a place that's not only been home, but, you know, you've, you've, you've grown up there and spent a lot of years there. And 
you know, as we transition to your college career, I'm just curious, was, was CU always going to be the destination for you or were you recruited by other schools that you were interested in? Yeah, good question. CU was not where I thought I would be junior, or sorry, freshman through junior year. I think in my mind, it was always somewhere out of state. I had a couple football friends and a, a basketball friend who decided early their senior year that they were they were going to CU. And uh, they were all like, we should all go together. CU was always, I always enjoyed watching CU growing up here. Uh, the coach at the time, Scott Davidoff, offered me a, a strong scholarship. And he's a great guy that I still get to, I'm lucky to stay in contact with. But he he helped persuade me to stay close and as a former player from, from CU as well. And, you know, he was just saying how he, he knew I grew up here, but the benefits of CU, what it brought for him mm. um, and kind of lived up to it for me as well. Yeah. And that's, what's uh, interesting as far as another connecting point for you and I, is I, you know, graduated high school in 02 and I was, I was young. I actually graduated when I was 17. So I ended up taking a gap year, one, because I wasn't recruited to play tennis, and two, I really wanted to play college tennis, so I uh, figured out a way in 13 months to drop weight, you know, some, some notices actually out in Arizona where I was training at a tennis academy, and I came back and was really interested in CU, and I knew that I would have to walk on at that point, uh, guys like Charlie Yim, I believe were you know, becoming part of the team. And I was, I was really interested in in that program and the setting and I knew it was going to be a roll of the dice to walk on. But then I also heard some grumblings that the program might be cut. And it was, it was amazing to me to know that when I think of, you know, Colorado tennis, especially at the college level, you know, you got the Air Force Academy, you got DU, you got, a lot of heavy hitters at D1 and CU was always in that conversation. So I, I'm just curious. I, I didn't know that it was a lot of your friends going to school that led you to maybe some of that decision. And obviously Scott, the coach, but did you have any idea that that topic was on the horizon? And if you would have known, would that have changed your decision? Yeah. Good question. I, I did not know uh, going into I guess 2000, when, 2002 when I graduated. No, I, I, I didn't know anything about that. I think when I first heard grumblings, it was kind of junior year. Of they were contemplating. A lot of stuff was going on at CU at the time. Uh, non non kind of sports related, I guess. Right. Uh, but I never, never really put those together of like a sport being cut. Uh and it wasn't really until senior year, spring season, we were, we were kind of doing our best. And, you know, our coach, uh, Sam Winterbotham at the time, you know, let us know, like, we got to raise money to try to keep the team. And so then I, I realized how real it was. But there wasn't much talk. I think the coaches kind of kept the players, probably for good reason, kind of out of out of the the talk of cutting the team 
so we could kind of still focus on what we were, what our goals were. But kind of looking back now, I'm sure I should have paid attention a little better. Yeah. And, you know, as I came back to, to Colorado and I was kind of the opposite, I, I really wanted to stay in state. I knew uh, the University of Northern Colorado was a, a Division two program at the time. And I heard rumblings that they were interested in trying to go D1 into the Big Sky Conference. And I ended up rolling the dice and, and walking on there. And I was, instead of receiving scholarships, I was, I was taking scholarships, which I, I have a grin on my face because I'm sure being a scholarship athlete that, the, that you had guys on your team at CU that, you know, I understand the pressure of having some school paid for and it's no different than a, than a job today, right? Is you're paid to, to perform. And, you know, was that moment at CU when you, when you got there and you're competing on those CU South courts feel a different pressure in college competing than you did in high school? I think I, I could immediately tell just the level of play was, you know, kind of like something I've never competed at. Uh, right away, freshman year, I almost felt like a freshman in in high school all over again, where, you know, no one was going to take it easy on you. And I, you know, took my lumps freshman year again in college, but again, was like the best thing for me to know what I needed to get better at, what I needed to train for, train harder, get in the gym because it just, it was eye opening to know like what the rest of the world is doing kind of tennis wise. So um, again, it's just a great looking back now, maybe freshman year, I wouldn't say it was the the best experience, but looking back, it just really motivated me again. And I was fortunate enough. I can't recall if it was my sophomore or junior year that I got to compete against CU. I at the time was playing three doubles and four singles and I was able to get up to Boulder, and I don't believe, Chad, you guys were playing your legit squad against the the mighty University of Northern Colorado, but I did figure out a way to get a doubles win, and it happened to be across the net from Charlie M and his partner. I can't remember who we played yeah. with at the time, but uh, I was playing with, with Austin Nunn, who's another Colorado guy. So, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was neat to to not only compete against CU, but it just kind of broke my heart that, you know, you guys are are 23 in the nation and, uh, you know, a year or two later, the program's gone. And fast forwarding a little bit to, you know, the last three years, obviously we've seen what COVID has done to college tennis. And believe it or not, my program at University of Colorado, both the men and women's program got cut about three, three years ago. It was hard for me even as an ex player, and I can't imagine how hard it was for you, you know, being an active player and close to the time of when it happened. Um, do you believe CU will ever bring back their men's tennis program? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say. Like I, in my mind, it's always like, yes, they're going to find a way. The, the team still doesn't have an indoor facility. They're in the Pac-12 where – Every team is super competitive. Every team has great facilities. The Big 12 also, every school had great 
facilities. It's it's hard to say without somebody making a large donation, maybe really wanting wanting that money back to see to see it coming back anytime anytime soon. There's there's always like you know you always hear hear positive things that uh, oh we found a donor or, <laughs> yeah but uh, it still just hasn't happened uh, but it would be amazing to to get something to help again Colorado tennis out put it getting it back yeah I think the two the two words that come to mind that I think would be the solution is Dion Sanders. Um, he, uh, obviously has taken a football program and see you and, and put it on the map pretty quick before a football game is even played. And I think it would have to be someone like that type of pedigree, that type of drive, that type of name that's associated with tennis or, you know, Boulder. Listen, I mean, they, they brought Dion in and I know that a lot of donors, put money there to, to, you know, have the funds available to put someone like that in place. But my hope as a Colorado guy, and obviously your hope too, is some way, somehow it gets done. And, uh, you know, I appreciate you, you sharing that and, you know, going to the next chapter of your life, man. And I'm just excited to, to walk through this journey with you as, as your coaching career. So I understand. And, early 2000s after everything wrapped up with college you mm-hmm. end up you end up going back to to Fairview High School and it sounds like your AD that you were close with said hey you know this this position might be opening up and is it something that uh you know you ever thought you'd dream of to go back there yeah yeah it wasn't it wasn't on my kind of my plan, I guess I could say. It happened very naturally, though. Of I think what I went through at CU with uh, a team that you know maybe we weren't the most talented of tennis players, like within our in the Big Twelve. But I think what helped me or what motivated me to become a coach was just knowing the motivation of a team can really accomplish a lot more than you, than you think. Uh, that senior year, I think of finishing tied for second in the big 12 was like the best CU has done. And I think our loss was still to Baylor, but beating teams like Texas A&M, Texas tech, Oklahoma, Oklahoma state, uh, teams that in that time frame were all top 20 teams you know, made me want to help, help coach again to build a team that, that can do more than what they, they kind of think they can. And I think that's uh, the driving force uh, behind coaching team tennis is that such a great feeling to build an environment where everyone, you know, believes more than uh, what they maybe individually think. I saw a quote that was out there um, and it says a team is always bigger than I. And it sounds like when you were at CU that not only was that belief amongst yourself, but all your teammates and the coaches and the program, but were you able to 
take that into high school because let's let's be honest, you know, I've I've been in high school tennis now uh for 14 15 years. Got got to be a head coach for uh about 10 11 years for for girls tennis, but when it comes to high school boys, was it a challenge for you to get the Fairview Knights to buy in to the we? And I guess the simple answer is is no. Like I, I had uh, maybe the best best leaders. My first year of coaching, uh, uh, the seniors, kind of one that stands out to me right now is someone I still keep in contact with, um, Stephen Cartwright. He was the captain of the basketball team, mm. uh, kind of captain of the tennis team at the time. And he, he fully, fully bought in. Uh, to what I was asking, work ethic, discipline, you know, sometimes you guys are going to sacrifice and kind of with his leadership of buying in each player uh, that maybe at first was a little unsure of what I was asking fully bought in within the first month. So it, it, it was a, not a seamless, I think transition for me to come in, but it was a more natural transition that the players were already ready to work harder. Mm. And I think that that right away motivated me as well to, you know, push them more, build the program and that it's kind of the player's program. Like, of course I'm going to be there every step of the way, but the work that kind of has to be done is, is with the players. So the players kind of got to lead more than once once things were kind of kind of going that the players were the leaders of course i i I was there to make sure they were leading in the right way um but that that was how the program kind of was built from that first captain to the next captain where they just kept taking on more responsibility yeah and i think back to you know teams that i've been on in high school definitely had a lot of eye mentalities in college certainly had a lot of eye mentalities and when I decided to coach high school tennis it came down to two reasons one is during my senior year when I was uh, on fall and spring break I'd come down and watch my brother coach a few soccer games at the time he was uh, the head soccer coach at Mullen and I remember going down and watching them play in the state championships, and they ended up losing in overtime. But just watching my brother and how he connected with players and things like that, it started making me think. I was like, you know, I didn't have that great of a high school experience. I didn't have that great of a college experience. I don't want a kid to have to go through what I went through. So I'm going to go back, and I'm going to try to feed into a program and these kids and see if I can change the trajectory. Right. And that's how it started for me. I was actually hired as one of the youngest coaches ever in Jefferson County um, at Chatfield as a girls tennis coach. After I graduated, I was uh, 22 years old coaching high school girls tennis. And it was uh, quite a trip because as much as I, you know, I, I didn't go back to my old high school and coach and, you know, I, I didn't have the the accolades as a as a high school player, um, but 
what I did in college and kind of, you know, my journey to, to play D1 gave me enough of, uh, I guess, a, a pedestal to stand on to where I had a lot of rapport and trust from the kids to get them to buy in sooner rather than later. But when I think of your situation, if I was playing at Fairview and, you know, I'm walking through the, the, the gym and, and seeing the state championship banners and, you know, I'm sure that Fairview's done a good job of making sure they knew who, who Chad Suda was, but it's almost hard not to buy into that when, I mean, Chad, you were, you were the guy at Fairview. And I, I think that uh, that makes it a pretty neat situation as a player to know that this guy who's been there has done that is coming to coach me. Maybe speak to what it meant to you to go back and listen. You want it as an individual. I don't believe you ever wanted as a team when you were a player. Do you believe that you had some well, un- unfinished business? I, I think so. I think that that was a big motivating factor for me was that it was it was my school that gave me so much, supported me so much. Um, the town that supported me so much for my, my tennis, tennis career, uh, and knowing that no school in the front range has ever won, you know, a a tennis team title, uh, knowing full well that the history of Colorado tennis with Cherry Creek, uh, being a very maybe one of the most dominant high school high school teams in the whole country that it, it was such a great motivation to you know try to bring one back to city of boulder front range to especially fairview but just knowing that what a what a tall task it you know it was going to be was you know kind of just made it so much more fun so Again, another connecting point for you and I. I've seen what Cherry Creek's done for a long time. I actually got one of my first private lessons from Art Quinn at Meadow Creek Tennis and Fitness, who is the current boys coach at Cherry Creek. I remember playing Cherry Creek as a player and then eventually coaching against them. I had kind of a personal family matter that made me want to figure out a way to do what you did. Uh, my, my uncle actually, both my dad and uncle went to high school at Wheat Ridge. And oh, okay. if you remember back in 96, I believe it was when Chris Jenkins beats yes. Jeff Salzenstein to do one of the most amazing upsets of not only one of the greatest high school tennis programs in the country, but one of the greatest high school athletic feats of how many state championships they won and seeing what Wheat Ridge High School did, I was like, whoa, not only do I have a chance to give back and change the trajectory of what I experienced as a kid, but I want to go after the best of the best. And at right. Chadfield, my first couple years, I we were, we were third in the state on the girls' side. And then I went over to Regis Jesuit where I transitioned to, instead of, of Cherry Creek, it's a 
Cheyenne Mountain, which is essentially the foray oh. version of what Creek has done. Yes. And uh, two-time runner-up state champions there. And then we were kind of top five until we transitioned to, to 5A again where we saw Creek. And fast-forwarding to today, being an assistant coach at, at Valor Christian, where I'm helping oh. the boys program, I was there again uh, August of just this past year in a new team tennis format where we were a couple sets away from squeezing out four wins to, to win a state championship. It yeah. is every legitimate goal of mine to figure out a way to lift that trophy with, with our team. Um, when or how it will happen, I'm not sure. But looking at your path, it was a better part of 12 years if I recall between when you started coaching to in 2017, when it happened, I mean, you were laying bricks there for a long time that, that foundation of, of buying and support. And I mean, tell me about it, man, 2017, you, you go into that season and you do something that doesn't happen often in Colorado high school tennis. Yeah. What was, what was that season like, man? Yeah. I think now, having some time to actually to think back and kind of what came to first came to mind first is just how hard it is to beat Cherry Creek. You know, uh, <laughs> just thinking of at that, at that time, it was more like a moment, just coaching match by match, you know, telling them one point at a time, having some time to reflect of kind of everyone on our team had to do exactly what they did in order to squeak out that. I think it was a three point or two point win over maybe even Regis that at that time. And they were one point win over Creek where it was like, they said the closest three team uh, state title, maybe, maybe ever uh, that it was just everything on our end like every point we got had to, you know, work out perfectly. And it just made me think of like, that's just how hard it is to beat Cherry Creek where they're always so consistent year after year. That is just, it's truly amazing. Like what, what Cherry Creek is tennis wise to the state of Colorado. It, it, it definitely makes me, you know, feel you know, just just happy for all all the players that have that bought in so quickly with me, and and knowing it was going to be a journey, not uh, this wasn't going to happen. You know, within a couple of years, mm. like you said, twelve, I think six or seven of those years being second place. You know, having some chances, but just knowing that Cherry Creek doesn't make many mistakes ever at the state tournament. I think we we did get them in a couple dual matches that Fairview's never won a dual match against them. That I think helped build confidence of like, we, we have a chance to compete with them here that, that we got to compete with them, but it's just truly that Cherry Creek doesn't make many mistakes. And that's just a, you know, a tip of the hat to them of how they, they are always ready to play their best at, at state. 
Yeah, and listening to you talk about that, I mean, I've been right there, and I've 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 been able to actually win a championship at every line, but I haven't been able to figure out a way to get the the team all the way through. And we'll see what happens over these next uh, few years. But you know, it's funny because. You know, you talked about how long it took for you to stack those bricks and to get that championship. I'm I'm growing quick here, and my son, he's a sophomore in high school, and he's actually a, a cross-country and track runner. And believe it or not, two years into his high school career, he won a cross-country state championship. And wow. we always had kind of a standing bet of, like, who's going to get one first? So... Um, here I am, you know, buying his state ring and watching them lift the banner for him. And I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm going to share this and then I want to get your perspective is I've done a lot of neat things as a player. I've done a lot of neat things as a coach, but man, it was one of the coolest moments ever to just be a parent, be a dad and watch my son win a state championship. And I know that uh, you've had a lot of moving parts in your life and, you know, you had the playing career, you had the coaching career and I know you, you spent some time in Europe too and, and played at a high level there. And it's like, man, what was it like for you, Chad, to like, I don't want you to sugarcoat this, man. I want you to, to walk me through the moment in 17, the last day of state, the last match, Walk me through what the last match was and what was going through your mind when the point ended and you knew that Fairview was a state champion. Yeah, it was our number two singles, Ethan Schacht, uh, playing playing Regis, uh, which was kind of, I think, the, the three points we needed. It was a battle 7-6, 7-5. I think Ethan did beat him in the Cherry Creek and invite but the state state final you kind of never know who's whose nerves are gonna to come out and uh and take over but one of the best things was he was a senior and he he kind of told me i can still remember of this changeover he's like he's like i'm ready for this he's like this is uh this is how i wanted to finish my high school career and it still kind of gives me like chills thinking about just like how locked in he was and him being our last match was kind of like the, the culmination of kind of, like you said, stacking those bricks throughout the years where he came at, he came up short the year before and, you know, not even, you know, saying too much to him about him just coming to me every time saying like, I'm, I'm ready for this, you know, kind of solidified that, you know, all the players beforehand, all the coaches that helped, is that just the players were ready and they were ready to take on, you know, the best team in, you know, the history of Colorado with Cherry Creek. And I almost, I don't think I truly believed it at the time. I think I was like, somebody's got to confirm the points with me before, <laughs> yeah. before I get because I had so many people coming up and telling me like, you know, you have this many points, they have that many. And I was like, you guys are telling me different things, so I'm not going to get excited until, uh, you know, someone confirms. So I think it wasn't really real for me until they 
they announced it to us. <laughs> I was just making sure that that uh, it was real. And I, I truly don't think it really hit me until the next day um, when I I took the trophy home with me and then realized that the trophy was real. <laughs> the trophy was real. We had a few of the silver ones. Yeah. Um, yep. I had to make sure that that was the, the a gold one. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, I appreciate you walking me through that, but what did it mean to you to have that trophy at your house and knowing your dad was with you on that day? Yeah. So it truly, you know, was the biggest accomplishment I think of my tennis life. Mm. Uh, all the individual things that, you know, we've kind of talked about, like really doesn't compare to one doing that with my dad, uh, being on the same coaching side of with him, him being such a big part of my uh, upbringing of, of coaches and nothing really compares to that team state championship that has eluded, you know, kind of almost everyone in in Colorado uh, that it's in my mind, my, my biggest accomplishment. It's been really fascinating to see, you know, just the history of, of Colorado high school tennis and yes, the consistency of all of these state championships from a Cherry Creek, but I'm always fascinated by the blips in the radar where this year it was somebody else and this year it was somebody else. And I know I referenced Wheat Ridge High School and listen, man, the Fairview Knights of 2017, I believe is the modern we reach high school and I think it was uh an unbelievable feat that that you that you had and you know listen as a high school coach that had no association with Fairview I was rooting hard for Fairview knowing that uh you know it could happen and it's funny to hear all the people trying to tell you how many points you had and, and things like that there's a lot of people in Colorado tennis that love to see history made and you know that's really neat that you got to do that at your school and with your dad and with your players who bought in to what you did. And listen, we've covered a lot today, Chad. And, you know, as we kind of, kind of wrap up, you know, I have a lot of listeners that are, are high school players or college players or former college players. And I'm just curious, man. I mean, based off of everything that you've learned and you know, if I was to ask you to give advice to your 16-year-old self. So you're sitting at a Starbucks with Chad Suda, who's 16, knowing what you know today. What advice would you give him on how to continue to, you know, perform in high school tennis and, you know, optimize his opportunity? Yeah, I think the biggest thing I would say is just enjoy every moment. You know, of everything works out for a reason, but you have to make sure that that you can – you know, one of our sayings was like playing with no regret so that you could enjoy the big moments, the sad moments, the, the losses, the wins. But I can, I can remember my dad saying every final day at state that we had is like, you leave today, win or lose, uh, with no regrets. Mm. And I think that that's, that's the thing that 
players I hope took away from the biggest moment in their high school careers is that they're going to leave it all out there and win or lose, be happy with, with the outcome. And I think that's what I tried to follow through with as well. And I would tell myself that again, you know, to, to play with, with no regret. You've done a lot in your tennis and coaching career. You know, it's a, it's an unbelievable journey that you've been on. And I know that you're, you tick just like me, Chad, that you reflect more on the process than you do sometimes the accomplishments and going to, to where you're at today, you know, being, uh, being, I believe a director of tennis and, you know, still representing uh, Boulder tennis and a little bit different setting than, than high school and what you've done in the past. When it, when it's all said and done, my final question to you, Chad is, you know, what legacy do you want to leave and how do you want to be remembered? Yeah, I kind of haven't had too much thought, thought about, about this, but, but I think it goes back to one of my biggest goals is that just as a player, coach, mentor, the students that I am coaching now from the past and the future of just knowing that they have somebody that like truly cared about them and, you know, just being remembered as somebody who cared about his players, cared about his community would be the biggest thing right now. Yeah. That's awesome. There's a lot that the uh, listeners can certainly take away from that advice and, as much as there's some unbelievable accomplishments you have, the simplicity of letting people know and wanting them to know that you cared truly speaks to who you are as a person, speaks to your heart. And it's not a fluke, Chad, that you had the accomplishments and success that you've had because I think you lead with a lot of integrity and humility, and that's what the world needs today. I certainly tip my hat to you and thank you so much for taking the time to join me on the BTB project. Just exciting times ahead for you. And I'd like to know for, for myself and the listeners, how we can continue to support you. If, if someone wants to uh, tap into, you know, getting, becoming a better tennis player, um, how do they get in touch with you, man? Well, well no, I just want to first say thank you for, for, for having you know, I think that uh, that this is an amazing experience, and I'm you know super happy to support anything you do. You know, in the future, tennis wise, you know, if anyone uh, <laughs> wants, uh, you know, get my tennis knowledge, it's uh, you you are welcome to uh, and email me anything in the Boulder area. Yeah. You know, it's. It's just that that's what I find probably the most rewarding is just being able to help, you know, the motivated tennis players. Excellent. Well, I'll certainly uh, make sure that that contact information is available in the podcast notes. Again, uh, the B2B project is 11 episodes in, and I'm so grateful for the support and, you know, mission we're on to try to help as many people as we can. And I'm going to keep trying to uh, come at you guys with, with, awesome content and uh, impacts and motivators in my life and hope it impacts and motivates you until next time. Take care. And thanks for checking it out.